Hi everyone, this is the Jay Marissa podcast and this is episode 30. I'm here with Ply Jisinat. He is the president of Thailand MMA Federation and One Championship Thailand. Hello. Hi, Ply. <laughs> Hello, Jade. First of all, congratulations because you're going to get married soon. Yes, we'll be getting married soon. Oh, <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, so, okay, so please uh, introduce yourself a little bit more, like your full name, um, age, where are you from in Thailand? Okay, well, my full name, Jitinat Asda Mongkon, but, you know, just call me Ply for simplicity's Ply. sake. You know, I'm uh, 38 years old now, becoming 39, you know, despite my youthful look. Yes, you do look very young. <laughs> yes, and I was uh, born in Bangkok, Thailand, but I went to study in the UK, my high school, and then went to, to complete my university degree in the United States before coming back to Thailand. I I went to my uh, family's business for quite several years, actually like more, more than a decade wow. <laughs> now looking back at it. So I was like in the production and uh, content creation business because my, my family business is JSL Global Media. We mm-hmm. are one of the leading production houses among one of the top five production houses in Thailand, been in the business for about 40 years now. So my background came a lot from the TV production side, the content production, and also the content marketing, integrated marketing communication. So that was kind of like my area of profession for over the past decade. But, you know, at at the same time, uh, since I was, you know, a child, I've Mm. always had some exposure to martial arts in some form. Actually, Muay Thai was like the first martial arts that I started because I was bullied <laughs> as oh, a really? child. Yeah. And so you started Muay Thai in Thailand? Yes. Yeah. When, when I was like, a, I was like very small kid, yeah. you know, very thin, had like probably absolutely no sense of self-confidence, mm-hmm. very small, so I'd get picked on. And, you know, the, in school years, you know, you run into you know, conflict with people. Sometimes when you're small, you get bullied. Yeah. So my, my mom actually brought in like a Muay Thai trainer. Really? Know. Yeah, but I think- So I mean, it was her idea. It was her idea. She was not my dad. My dad is very <laughs> peace loving. My mom is a fighter. Wow. She actually had some Muay Thai training as well. Like when she was like <laughs> in her teen years, you know, like not, not seriously, not competitively, right. like what you do, but she- she did some That's combative so activity. So she, she's kind of like being, you know, that uh, the, the, the fighter in the family, you know. So she, she kind of like told me, you know, no matter who you are and what you do, everyone needs to have a little claws and fangs. So I'm going to arm you with some claws and fangs and so you can take care of yourself. So she, you know, brought in like a, a Muay Thai trainer. I believe it was from Sassi Prapa Gym wow. at the time, you know, to come to our house. So I did a few days, you know, just to, you know, get used to what it's like mm-hmm. to really hit, to really fight. You know, at the time, it didn't like take on me, you know, until many, many years later, but it certainly kind of like left uh, a sort of like an imprint and impression of, you know, what, what it's like to do like martial arts, you know, but I really became more seriously involved in martial arts in my, uh, High school and university year, because like in also in my high school years, in, also, but not in Thailand. Not right? in Thailand. I went to high school in England, and you know, like when you are a little Asian kid in a boarding school in England, <gasps> wow. you also you know run into certain problems. Uh, <laughs> Similarly to like like what I, I had ran into when when I was like a kid in Thailand, or also you know didn't really fit into well, get picked on uh. from time to time quite a bit. So you know, I also had to get involved with some physical activity. So I started uh, doing a little bit of martial arts as well. But Which that, martial arts? At the time, it was, <clears throat> I had my first experience with like a, a more proper martial art instruction uh, other than Muay Thai. Mm-hmm. At the time, it was karate mm-hmm. because, uh, and a little bit of judo as well. Because in England, oh, nice. karate and judo was kind of like, you know, the, the, the sport that was like, Right. quite popular at the time. So I had like some minor exposure to it, but not like an ongoing training by, by any, uh, by any standard. And that helped you with the bullying? It, it does help, yeah. you know, because martial arts, you know, help to somewhat transform your thinking, right? you know, and also builds more self-confidence. Right. And, and at the time I, I also like hang out with friends. Like I was like, I had like a Taiwanese friend who was like a senior, 
mm-hmm. you know, who was like into like Taekwondo and other martial oh, arts. Cool. So, you know, I, I hang, hung out with him. So, you know, it reduces the chance of you getting picked on. You know, you find a gang of sorts. <laughs> and by like, hanging out with him, he also, you know, play fight with me a lot. Yeah. So by doing that, you know, we just like play around with it. But it kind of grew on me that this is actually quite fun. Yeah. And you get used to hitting and getting hit as well. Yes. Like it's just like sparring, right? Yeah, it is. It is. You know, it was quite funny because like uh, when in our boarding school, you know, you have like your homework time and mm-hmm. after you finish your home, you have kind of like a little bit of free time, like, you know, an hour to two hours of bedtime. We would go, you know, get together with like a group, you know, go to like a squash court, you know, and, and, fight. and just do like play fight, you know. All right, okay. <laughs> yeah. So that was kind of like when it really got into me that I became, you know, uh, more interested in martial art. Mm. But when I really started training more seriously was in my university years because I joined the Taekwondo club, the university team right. as well. So I was training from White Belt. And, and that was in the States. In, it was in the States. Right. It was around a time when uh, Olympic Taekwondo was very popular. Mm-hmm. So I did, you know, my training in Taekwondo training from my White Belt to Black Belt during my university years. Wow. So, and those during those years, because in the States, I was also exposed, you know, at the time, you know, the mixed martial arts mm-hmm. as well. So I started the uh, training in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, oh, cool. Keto, and then eventually to mixed martial arts. That's and really awesome. You tried everything. Pretty much, yeah. Wow. <laughs> I, I did a lot of things <laughs> wow. over the years, yeah. But you were more serious in Taekwondo when you were in the States. And was, yeah, I started Jiu-Jitsu. seriously in Taekwondo and then Hapkido mm. because, you know, the two... Arts are kind of like interlinked and similar. Right. But I found, you know, the the old footage of like the old mixed martial arts fight from like the in from the Japanese videos and wow. also the, the early UFCs. And I, I when I watch it, you know, it was like very impressive to see someone like, you know, Mr. Hoyce Gracie. Yeah. Very small and just steamroll everyone wow. with barely any injuries. You know, so I seeked out, you know, what jujitsu is like and I found the Henzo Gracie. Yeah. Academy in New York City and wow. I, I went to, you know, want to explore and train and to find out, you know, other aspects of the martial arts. Did you compete? I competed. Yes, oh, I yeah? competed in, uh, I've done competition obviously in Taekwondo. Mm-hmm. I did a few in karate as well. You know, I did, wow. I did uh, some, quite a few mixed martial arts at an amateur level and also jujitsu. That's so cool. Yeah. From, I was, I'm thinking of Joe Rogan because he tried all these different yeah. martial arts. <laughs> yeah. That was so cool. Yeah. So then you graduated from the States and then you came back to Thailand. Came back to Thailand, started working in my family's subsidiary company first. It was like a creative agency. Mm-hmm. So, you know, at the time, you know, I was like uh, working, but also, you know, did a little bit of training as a recreational league in, as well in Thailand. In Muay Thai? In- uh, a little bit of Muay Thai. And also, like, did a little bit of like Thai weapons. Oh yeah. As well. Kabi Kabong. Yeah, you know, I started, you know, doing the exploring more into like the combative. Right. Like the self-defense combative systems. So I kinda like moving around with like a lot of different things. But sometimes I get like easily bored. Yeah. So I need to like find, you know, explore and you know, just add in more like knowledge and uh-huh. ideas about martial arts. So I became kind of like almost like a Explorer of martial arts it seems of like sort. It. it seems like it. That's really cool. But um, so during that time when you came back to Thailand, MMA was still quite. <clears throat> it was like you know, viewed as a dog fight. Yeah. <laughs> Essentially. Yeah. Actually, it was like very one of the key people in the industry. Like a lot of most of my friends now who are like, you know, very active mm-hmm. in either jujitsu or mixed martial arts nowadays or as coaches, gym owners, or promoters. Right. We all kind of like started off, you know, from. You know, those like early amateur events. Naksu? Actually, it was even before that. King really? of Fighter. We started with King of Fighter. I was actually competed. I competed in King of Fighter. Wow. Because before Naksu came, became Naksu, yeah. it was King of Fighter. Oh, so it was I did just, not you know, know like, that. Yeah, it was just like people, you know, discussing on Pantip web board, mm-hmm. online forum, you know, about let's, you know, let's get together, just, you know, just kind of have like a friendly competition, you know, styles versus styles. Because back then, mixed martial arts just really just started to come in to yeah. Thailand, but as a kind of like, you know, like a kind of more, a little bit more like an underground, you yeah. know, people like sharing it online in some web board at the time. I believe there was even YouTube yet. You wow. Know? So, you know, the people who were exposed to mixed martial arts were either usually who were very, very hardcore into the martial arts and combat sports 
or people who were foreign educated, yeah. like myself and you know several other people. Right. Yeah. That's why they say like um, <clears throat> the MMA scene in Thailand is like the mid, uh, middle class people of, in Thailand. It is. It which is. Muay Thai is not, right? No, no. So yeah, it's a big difference. But yeah, but it definitely makes sense because I mean, if you're educated or if you see like MMA, it's more international. So you have to kind of be in that. Yeah, a little bit. It's pretty strange because MMA started off almost as a kind of like, you know, the the spectator sport that middle class people had first access to. Yeah. Because of the <clears throat> online yeah. community with the you know the video clips that were circulated online. You know, you couldn't find it on like a normal TV. You could somewhat find it on like uh, at the time like True Vision. Oh yeah. You know, in some channels that you know of True Vision, they were they would bring in like, you know, some of the Japanese, you know, promotions like mm-hmm. in the eighties and nineties, like the Shuto, Pancras, oh, yeah. you know, and then and also like some footage from like King of the Cage, UFC, early UFCs as well. But wow. you know, people who uh, had access to these were either urban people who subscribe to like True Vision, or right. they have access to very strong internet yeah. to download the clips. <laughs> <laughs> and back then, yeah, it wasn't really the Muay Thai fighters. No, no, ah. it wasn't. <laughs> okay. Um, you were also involved in Martial Warrior? Yes, actually, because that was when I, you, you and Shannon, I, I asked you and Shannon to come and model our poster <laughs> yeah. for, for Martial Warrior. <laughs> yeah, it was a, a reality TV show format that I, I did in, in partnership with uh, True. True right. Vision and also Channel 7. So that was with JSL Media That was well. uh, JSL Global Media. It was like my first real like production. TV format production that cool. I, I was the creator of the format, also executive producer. And from time to time, I also was involved in the, the, the training part of the, the contestants as so well. You, you definitely like to be busy all the time. Yes. <laughs> yes it, it was like a very good experience. <laughs> and also it got me to really connect with a lot of people in the martial arts community. Oh, that's true. Because the format was essentially kind of like a talent search for martial arts stars. So we have, would have like these uh, boys and girls trained in different martial arts from different teachers and different masters, yeah. you know, and have them go through the training, not just the fighting, but also the acting skill. Oh, right. Yeah, and have them go through what we call like a cinematic challenge where uh-huh. you know, they, they play out, you know, action scenes or action movie roles. And Whoa. we broadcast it on Channel 7 and True. And then like the winner, <clears throat> you had a winner? Of yeah, the- we, had, we had winners. The winner win cash money. And also opportunity to work, you know, in this uh, action movie right. and stunt industry. And you had people involved like a Petita, no, not Petita, the Jija. guy from Ch- Jija, right? We had Jija chocolate. involved. We actually had like a Shannon involved as well. Shannon Berchai, and I was fighting for one championship because at the time I wanted to also introduce yeah. mixed martial arts through the mass media as well. So I created like one of the week we need to do like a mixed martial arts fight scene style. So we brought in. Shannon, who was at the time with one championship to come oh, and train right. with the athlete. So one championship was still was happening at that time. Yep, but it wasn't in Thailand yet. Ah, uh, okay, that's why I'm thinking yeah. because around that time, Thailand, there somehow they said that MMA was banned in Thailand, which yep. was not true. No, it was not true. It yeah. just kind of was. It technically just uh, you know, some people in the government just come and come out in the media and threaten right. to shut down, but there was no legal ground to actually be able to shut down. Mm. Mixed martial arts. And there were, you know, a lot of misconception yeah. about the sport as well that, you know, that people at the time and, and, you know, nowadays quite a few people still believe that it's kind of like an underground fight to the death. Like what you see in Jean-Claude <laughs> Van Damme movie kind of vibe, but, you know, that's like totally untrue. There's actually less death in mixed martial arts than there are deaths in boxing and Muay Thai. Mm. <laughs> it's a very safe sport despite, you know, the imagery of what, people seem to think it yeah. is. It is actually a very safe sport. It's actually one of the few sports that I competed. I was never seriously injured right. in training or in competition. But if you were to, if you ask why would I want to do like a competitive Muay Thai fight, yeah. I actually get more scared to do like professional Muay Thai fight than to do, you know, to step because into the cage and do mixed martial arts. And that makes sense because in MMA, you have the grappling side. So like if, yes. if anything gets too much, you can just tap out. Yep. Whereas in Muay Thai, you're just going to get hit. Yeah, yeah there's, it, there's no talk out there. <laughs> it's an exchange of you know impacts, but yeah. it makes martial art. You know, because when I competed, there was one one of the matches I actually fought against like a Muay Thai guy. Oh yeah. If I like stood toe to toe, I just get my ass beaten. <laughs> so what I did is just clinch. 
a lot of clinch, took it to the ground, and I I wasn't like badly hurt right. at all. You know, otherwise, if I were to like stand up toe to toe in a kickboxing and Muay Thai match, you would probably get <laughs> have my ass beaten. Yeah, that would be pretty <laughs> tough. Yeah. And then um, after that, there was Ignite. Yes, Ignite was a project that I started with my uh, family's media company. Essentially, it was kind of like a, an evolution from what we started with Martial Warrior. Mm. So, and we wanted to create like a like a, a content platform for martial art, fitness, lifestyle, and self defense. Oh, okay, so it wasn't just a, a fight promotion. It, it was... wasn't just a fight promotion. Fight promotion was part of the marketing activity right. that we did, but there were you know a lot of like projects and also like content that we were like testing out, producing. You know, we we did like some like seminars. Oh, as yeah. well, you know, okay. under, you know, Ignite and in collaboration with other instructors, mm-hmm. you know, and do we do seminars, we do some content about fitness, some self-defense. I even did like a, uh, some quite, quite several episodes of kind of like a podcast style oh, yeah? content with nice. Shannon and Rika and friends within the, the community of martial arts that I was uh, involved in. So, you know, we were, you know, going into, you know, quite a lot of different styles of content and different mm-hmm. kind of project, but... I guess the, the one that, that stood out the most was obviously the, the Ignite World right. Championship show that we did in collaboration with the True, mm-hmm. True For You channel. And okay. also with the Wanshin Cup tournament that we started with Shannon and also did like, kind of like an online uh, like event. Um, Wanshin, so. Wanshin is still going on right now, right? They had that not too long ago, Wanshin. Uh, not, not, not with Wanshin, with, but Neophyte. Neophyte oh, was like, so many. Yeah. <laughs> We kind of like try to like uh, position each one quite differently. You yeah. know? One Chin Cup was kind of like, you could say it was like a, a prototype before the Ignite Warrior Championship. Okay. And it was also, you know, a project where I wanted to kind of like essentially promote Shannon yeah. as well. Because, yeah. you know, he is uh, becoming a veteran in the industry. I think he, and for a Thai, a Thai MMA athlete, there's not that many really, and Shannon is a good one to promote. He's been yes. in the scene for a while. Yes. Yeah, I've always known Shannon in the MMA scene in Thailand. Yes. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of like you know a prototype that allowed us to start Ignite World Championship style kind of competition, which was more the TV broadcast kind of like style live event. And the the Neo fight, mm-hmm. you know, was essentially kind of like a more open tournament. Are uh, more friendly in terms of the rule set right. for mixed martial arts competition. If you notice, like our, our first event, we actually didn't even have a cage or oh, ring. Oh, really? Some so mats? it was like just mats, open mats, and mm-hmm. people. You know, we we didn't like require you to be like uh, strong in mixed martial arts skill because yeah. we had like rule set where you know even like a youth style rule set where we limit the headshot so people can become right. more confident to try out mixed martial arts in a friendlier environment. That's you know. good. And then they can practice the techniques more, not just about the fighting yes. of it. Yeah, so it's less intimidating. So it's kind of like, you know, that sweet candy to entice them before they're moving on to the, the more bitter stuff, yeah. <laughs> the tougher competition style. With all these things that you just did, um, and then we, how we spoke about the, someone in the Thai government saying that MMA yep. is banned in Thailand, did you run into any collisions or difficulties about that? Well, there were quite a few incidents, but... Not actually, truth be told, it wasn't as bad as I thought it, w- yeah. it was going to be. You know, there were like some people like jokingly, oh, like Blyze has a death wish <laughs> or something like that, you know, yeah. by like starting like an MMA organization, even if it's just an amateur level, you mm. know. But, but, you know, from from my experience, talking with people in the Muay Thai industries, if, you know, they're like gym owners and not like, you know, even like, a few promoters, yeah. they were actually pretty receptive to it. I you think know, they, so. They found that it's an interesting sport, you know, and, and it's also a sport that actually gives a lot of opportunity for Thai people mm. more so than, than they believe. You know, if you like uh, follow the movement of mixed martial arts, you would see that Muay Thai actually gets a lot of benefit from mixed martial arts. The word like Muay Thai become very resonant in the jargon of the combat sport industry mm-hmm. because before that it was like, Thai boxing, Thai boxing, or Thai kickboxing. But the word Muay Thai really became more widespread because mixed martial art promoter and also people like Joe Rogan actually yeah. said, this is Muay Thai when it's broadcast and uh, the world could see it. People see that, you know, for mixed martial artists to become successful in the ring, in the cage, they need to train in Muay Thai. And where's the best place to train Muay Thai? Where's the best place to tra- get the best instructor? That's Thailand. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. 
So it's, it's more like the Thai people, maybe the ones who are just very in in the Muay Thai scene, maybe the gambling. The, like, the gambling, yeah. yeah. And also, you know, essentially, there are probably quite a few people who are very powerful yeah. in the Muay Thai industry who essentially don't want competition <laughs> or don't want to open up that door of opportunity for Muay Thai fighters or athletes to transition to other sport or right. even to get a better future mm. in a different organization because they need certain you know people to be in control in control and not be too smart yeah <laughs> yeah that's true but i think after they see like what you've been doing it's such a different kind of target as well yeah like, it's a different group of people and it's a whole different setup as well like it is, yeah it is. so maybe they, they don't see the threat after they've seen actually seen it with their own eyes you know yeah, yeah. so then uh Later, we're International Mixed Martial Arts Federation and Thailand Mixed Martial Arts Federation. Yeah. So, how did that come about? And well, <laughs> that's also came about, you know, around <clears throat> around the same time when we st- were starting doing, you know, the the One Chin Cup. You know that, yeah. you know, I IMF International Mixed Martial Arts Federation was like a has been like in the scene for almost like a decade now. Right. At the time, you know, uh, one of our friends, you know, John Nutt, yes. was kind of like very instrumental in wanting to create like a, a proper organization within Thailand. He happens to know the people at IMAF. Right. And so he brought, you know, the, that relation into Thailand. Mm-hmm. And he asked uh, one of my friends, uh, Nitti, who's also oh, head of yeah, yeah. the, the Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu Association in Thailand to kind of like, set up the organization to, to at least have some kind of uh, organization of sanctioning body of sort, you know, to develop the ecosystem. Right. But Nitti at the time, he just couldn't do two organizations at the same time. So he kind of like asked me, you know, can I help him run this you right. know, and just, you know, take the role as a president because he, he saw that I have the, the capability mm-hmm. to actually be able to do something about it and run it more properly than he could at the time. So, you know, I, I said yes on the condition that he has to help me <laughs> and be your vice president. That's fair. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because, you know, jiu-jitsu and mixed martial arts are kind of like, you know, almost like brothers, kind of like brothers, associations. Yeah. You know, one one sport helps the other. Yeah. So, so that's how, like, it, it got off. And, you know, we formed, like, a founding members, mm-hmm. you know, with you know, key people in the industry who are still with me you know, nowadays and formed the Thai Mixed Martial Arts Federation you know, by, by registering with the Ministry of Interior and with the blessing and also the uh, the sanctioning of IMAF at the time when mm-hmm. we when we set up, so we used the whole uh, blueprint mm-hmm. of what IMAF did in other countries and try to apply it to Thailand with the rule set, and we created like events like the One Chin Cup and yeah. also the Ignite Warrior Championship. As part, by- as part of the like the step where we want to set up like an example of you know a proper mm-hmm. competition that is you know not viewed as like kind of like an underground style fight. You know at the time you know most mixed martial art event at least at an amateur level were torn very poorly. Yeah, you know, the safety wasn't quite there. You know people didn't want to invest or couldn't invest right. much in terms of the safety and production value. But when they came on board, I wanted to at least tried better than other people could do because of the resources we could muster right. and you know set up you know a hopefully standard. a standard that mm-hmm. people could follow that's really good and what year was that that was about three years ago three years ago yeah. and, and do you see that uh, mma in thailand has grown much from since that i think it, it has certainly grown you know with what what we started off you know those uh, couple of years ago really helped you know set somewhat of a standard for people to try to aim to. You know, mm-hmm. I, I see nowadays like smaller mixed martial arts events and tournaments are, are adopting some of the standards and rule sets that we do. They're, they're trying to make it better in terms of production value, in terms of how, you know, they can approach the storytelling of the athletes and as well as trying to, you know, uh, get more qualified people to run it, you know, right. from the judges to the medical and things like that. So, you know, we, we are making a little wave that, Will, will create a change within the industry, you know, and I've always said, you know, it doesn't need to be just me and our organization doing it. Mm-hmm. If there are other people doing it, you know, we are very welcome to, because we need more promoters yeah. within the local ecosystem. We need, you know, more people than just my organization or like one championship who could, 
you know, do a really good show. And more athletes Thailand. as well. And more athletes. I yes. mean, you do have a Thailand national MMA team. Yeah, we we, we like established like a national team to have them compete yeah. at the IMAF, you know, World Championship. Yeah. You know, twice we actually send the team twice and one time to the IMAF Asian Open, mm -hmm. you know, just uh, last year. That's good. As well, we became like a co-host of the IMAF Asian Open. Mm -hmm. yeah. Are these like athletes transition from Muay Thai or are they just like full on, just go straight into MMA? We have mixture. Actually. Yeah? We have mixture of people who go straight to MMA or people who came from Muay Thai, started learning Jiu-Jitsu and wrestling mm. and go into MMA or people who came from Jiu-Jitsu background and started getting more into the Muay Thai and boxing and step on into become like an amateur mixed martial art athlete. Okay, that's good. It's good to have a nice mixture and then they can yes. kind of like learn from each other and when they're training, obviously yes, like exactly. each of their styles uh, can can move on to the other person. Yeah. Um, so later after that was a one championship. Yeah, one one championship came right after when when I organized, helped organize the IMAP Asian Open. Mm. But you know, with one championship, uh, ever since one championship, came into the industry because like uh, quite several of my friends are in it you know Shannon is yeah. one you know uh, Rika is also as well because like when I actually helped ref her first fight in amateur oh, yeah <laughs> uh, before like she joined one championship I remember like when she's uh, back in the day like before she was fighting she was like yeah I don't want to fight yeah. She always told me I don't want to fight, yeah. and then now she's like the fighting yeah. superstar, MMA star of Thailand. Yeah, if, if you if you can dig up like a clip where she's fighting an amateur level, that clip actually came from my head. Oh, really? Because I was like the ref with like a, a the, the GoPro cam on the head to to yeah. ref that fight. So you know, like I there were you know, my friends fighting an organization. I I've known of uh, Chatri for mm -hmm. some time that he's like entrepreneur half Thai, half Japanese, who really wants to push the, the MMA scene in Asia and also the martial arts industry in general. So when when I heard about like one championship coming to Thailand, I actually hit him up oh, on really? Facebook. Like, like I know what you, you know, I really admire your organization. I want you to come onto my show. Because oh, nice. my, we, my family, we run a show called Jok Jai, which is kind of like a, the longest running talk show oh, right. in Thailand. And I, I saw his profile was very interesting. Mm -hmm. So I approached him, wanting him to come onto the show. And also with Pisuki as well, because Pisuki is also Chatri's friend, but he's also in the music uh, entertainment yeah, yeah, industry. Yeah. So that's kind of like how, you know, I started off, you know, really knowing Chatri, you know, and from then on, I've been in kind of like a supportive role of one championships mm -hmm. activities and events in Thailand when they, they do like events, you know, we, we try to collaborate in terms of like, uh, I try to get the, the promotion material onto my Ignite platform to get people to educate about mixed martial arts, the sport, right. about the athletes competing in there. And I was also the commentator for one championship. Oh, you on, were? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. And when, when the first start off, you know, with Tyra TV was the partner. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. So Tyra TV, you know, also a friend of family, rang me up and they they, they had very little knowledge of mixed martial arts. Yeah. And they like, took on one championship, you know, in, in, a, in a quick you know, deal. So they didn't really have the time to develop the know-how mm. of what it's like to do a mixed martial arts show or commentator show. You were the commentator before they came to Thailand. So when like they, they had their fights around Asia and then they broadcast <clears throat> in Thailand, you were the commentator no, then? Just well, I started off when, when they started doing the Thai broadcast. Oh, yeah, okay. So about three years ago. Wow. So I was like on, on the live broadcast for one championship yeah. for the, the first two years. You know, and I helped set up the, the team, the commentator team. That's when I brought like Shannon to be also become the commentator. Okay. As well, and working with people from the Tyra TV and also Nothing, who's mm. also very well known in the wrestling commentating. Yeah. Right. <laughs> to form that commentator team for one championship. Wow, so you've done a lot. <laughs> yeah, so I've been like involved in the mixed martial arts. Uh, martial arts. I'm, I've been an athlete. Yeah. I've been a ref. I've been, you know, you know, done some part as a cornerman, like a trainer, like a coach. And I'm also like instructor mm -hmm. as well for yeah. like By martial promoter. arts and promoter yeah. <laughs> and commentator. And commentator. Yeah. And now you're the president of One, uh, one Championship Thailand. Yeah, for One Championship Thailand. So yeah. what's your roles, what your duties as this? What do you well, do? Well, essentially uh, a president of One Championship Thailand needs to oversee all the operation mm. of One Championship that happens in Thailand. Because uh, One Championship, you know, we are the, at the moment the fastest growing sport entertainment property in Asia. 
So we're expanding very fast. We have like headquarters like in Japan, in China, India, Philippines, Indonesia, Thailand, America. So you know when these uh, expansion happen, there needs to be like a local management team, local leadership team to really oversee the operation. Mm-hmm. And when I see say oversee operation, it's not just about you know accommodating events mm-hmm. that come into Thailand because we only have about two to three events per year in Thailand. But yeah. there needs to be like marketing operation, sales operation, uh, production operation, PR operation that does, you know, kind of like a 360-degree omni-channel communication all year round. Yeah. And also have to establish what we call like an ecosystem playbook Definitely. for the, the sport as well. Like right now, you know, one of my key focus is to create, you know, ecosystem for Thai martial arts whether it's it be Muay Thai, mixed martial art, or other sport, mm-hmm. to essentially create like a, a a strong platform that can develop Thai athletes so that they can become successful in one championship. I've also have to do things like marketing activities to ensure that the the brand of one championship and the PR one championship becomes more efficient. Like our last event in January 10, that just past month, you know, we we did like probably are more successful in terms of like press conference and also the event mm-hmm. feedback because we we started to bring in you know some strategy that we they couldn't do it before because they had like no local team in yeah but we starting to do like marketing activity where we you know connect with local communities local media bringing in the celebrities using some of my network and my expertise in the entertainment industry and you know try to switch it turn it around and then the performance of the previous few years Right. Um, before one championship had Muay Thai, right? So they only had MMA at one time. Yep. And a lot of Thai athletes, they were kind of, I'm going to use the word worried uh, to, or like a bit stressed because they wanted to get into one championship and the only way they could get in there is to do MMA. <coughs> MMA. But now that they do Muay Thai as well, do you feel like that's affected Thai people and their, like how if they want to do MMA or not pursue if they want to pursue MMA is, is it do you think it's like decreased or do you think it's affected in any way? I think it's affected in in a positive way actually because when one one super series started yeah. you know one super series kind of like a just other vertical of martial art in the one platform other than just the mixed martial arts so when one super series started with kickboxing then Muay Thai it allows the how do you say it the the audience pool. Mm-hmm. And also the talent pool for combat sport to expand exponentially because right. Asia, Southeast Asia, Muay Thai and kickboxing, and you know to a lot of extent Europe as well yeah. is still the dominant spectator combat sport. And you know, like with Thailand, we have so much talent yeah. in terms of Muay Thai and potentially kickboxing as well. So when one championship opened Muay Thai and kickboxing league, we were able to recruit a lot of good talents who you know may not necessarily be ready to go into mixed martial arts yet, yeah. but could potentially do that in the future. And, you know, when we did, uh, the, we are essentially now, like, essentially the, probably the largest Muay Thai promoter. In, mm-hmm. If you look in terms of a Muay Thai Scale. show that can be broadcasted to more than 145 countries around the world, like broadcast every two weeks, you know, that's, that actually opens a lot of opportunity for <laughs> Thai athletes. You know, not just like the male, but also the female yeah. as well. You know, because like you know that very well. Like in Thailand, female Muay Thai are almost treated almost like a sideshow. Yeah, they or are. like in a yeah. small promoter. They can't, you know, be in the Lumpini Rajanern and make big money. But when one championship opens the super series division, we are able to get, you know, someone like Stam, yep. you know, from Fatex who actually can compete at a global world class level and, you know, I believe she's probably has to be among the top earning Muay Thai female athletes in Thailand. If probably, probably most likely not, not the top I think already. The top. <laughs> yeah. I think that opportunity could never have happened in Thailand because the infrastructure just wasn't there. And right now I believe like one championship, Thai nationals actually probably have the most champions in one championship at the moment. We have like four champions. Mm. in one championship are you trying to like scout out certain fighters so you can like boost them in in the one championship profile are you still like keeping an eye out or do you are are you happy with the ones that you have right now well we always keep it like an eye for more talent Mm -hmm. and actually part of our our big 
project this year is our our uh, deal MOU that we just recently signed with the Sports Authority of Thailand yes. to actually create uh, a local Muay Thai league based nice. on the format of uh, One Hero series. Mm-hmm. One Hero series is kind of like a, a localized league that we do in different countries. We have started in China you know, for the past few years. You know, just focusing on the kickboxing and sanda and MMA in China. Nice. And now this year we are expanding it to Indonesia, to Philippines, and also Thailand. And so, but with Thailand, we are working with Sports Story Thailand, especially with the professional Muay Thai, to do like a a proper league for five rounds Muay Thai fight according to the Sports Authority regulation mm-hmm. under the the format and standard quality of one championship through the format one hero series. Essentially, what it is is going to be like a, a local league where we go and recruit. Male and female aspiring Muay Thai athletes mm-hmm. from around the country, from provincial level, we go to a regional qualifier mm-hmm. to find regional team of aspiring Muay Thai fighters. We put them into a series of uh, Grand Prix to find uh, national champions mm-hmm. in four weight class divisions and have them represent Thailand in competition. In uh, we call it like a Thailand versus the world wow. kind of super fight event at the end of the finale, the campaign. And the winners, you know, have a chance, opportunity to also get contracted, worth more than hundred US dollar contract with one championship. Awesome! Yeah. So when do you plan on starting this? Uh in sec- second quarter of this year. Wow! You know, it's gonna run for like probably six to nine months, and we're already in discussion with Sports Story Thailand of potentially wanting to have it kind of like a yearly Muay Thai campaign. Essentially, imagine like we have Amazing Thailand, yes. which is kind of like that. Monica campaign mm-hmm. of Thailand. We want to create something similar with Muay Thai, mm-hmm. and not not just like doing competition and create like grassroots ecosystem building for Muay Thai, but right. we want to export Muay Thai as a cultural product, as a cultural export, yeah. and really allow not just Thai people but also foreign people to really appreciate it. And we can ensure that our Thai Muay Thai fighters and athletes are not just you know fighters who make a living by waiting for opportunity to fight. But we want to essentially create a sustainable career path, a healthy ecosystem for people in the Muay Thai industry, not just the athlete, but also the coaches, the referees, you know, so all the career paths around yeah. the Muay Thai industry. We want to develop it. And we believe that with the capability of one championship and the network that we have in combination with, you know, collaboration with Sports Story Thailand and other brands within the ecosystem, we can really revive Muay Thai and make Muay Thai strong again. So cool. Um, mm. How often do you plan on promoting these fights? Well, we will probably start off with about ten events this every year, month? almost like every month. Mm-hmm. You know, but some some months it will probably be multiple. But right. but we, we start off with about ten first you know, because yeah. kind kind of like the the ideal number we can do without burning ourselves out. Yeah, it's, it's, but, it's already a lot. Yeah, but in the <laughs> as future, well as one championship. Yeah, but in the future we'll probably have more. Right. Because one championship right now, not counting the local event, already have like 24 events per year. Yeah. That lot. goes around, you know, every country is around the region. If you're counting like the smaller scale show, we're probably looking at like 50 events wow. per year. You know, and and the one hero series Muay Thai will be among, you know, the smaller scale shows. So, so when that takes off, you'll probably have more than 60 events <laughs> per year in one championship, both wow. at a global level and local level. Where in Thailand will you be promoting? Probably Different places? around the country. Oh, we, nice. we want to essentially not just promote Muay Thai, but also, you know, the local tourism mm-hmm. as well, you know, with the, the, the secondary provinces and the primary provinces. So we want to, you know, go into these provinces and regions and kind of like ignite it. And yeah. you know, bring bring interest, bring the sport to the community, and essentially help develop the economy, the local economy through Muay Thai and sport entertainment as well. And that will only be Muay Thai. Just we're just focusing on Muay Thai first. Wow. We would like to expand it in the future with like potentially MMA and other combat sport, but you know, we are a very small team in Thailand, so yeah. we can only do so much yeah. at the same time. Yeah, I mean, I did see like. <laughs> MMA was picking up when uh, one championship was only doing MMA, but yeah. now that they're also doing kickboxing, Muay Thai, all these different things, that now it's kind of like calmed down the MMA hype in Thailand and people are still back on the 
Muay Thai. I guess because when when we start having champions, you know, yeah. in the sport, it brings the interest True. to the sport. So when one championship started, you know, one super series with Muay Thai and started getting champions from Thailand, you know, the interest level goes up. And you know, also mixed martial arts, you know, has come very far from the early days of its beginning in Thailand. Mm. It's still considered kind of like a niche sport for you know, for not not uh, well known in the mass quite yet. Yes. There still needs to be some education of the sport, you know, Definitely. that needs to be done. But with Muay Thai, you don't need education on that. People already watch it. So you know, essentially, when we started Muay Thai, the growth trajectory goes very fast and helps a lot when we have champions who are Thai people That's as true. well. With mixed martial arts, you know, it's a, a tougher sport, so it still has that a little bit of like you know development of our athletes to go before we really have like you know another champion again. Mm. No, I think that's a good plan actually to uh, to promote Muay Thai through the champions in one championship, and then you can sort of transition the fans to MMA. Yeah. You expose them here and there to MMA. Yeah. Do you have plans to make MMA more accessible to the Thai youths? Yes, definitely. We we are already working on potentially format for content and TV format that are related to mixed martial arts. Right. That will be working with not just you know the the local. Uh, engagement with the youths and the amateur ecosystem, but potentially with you know people in the entertainment industry as well. Because I noticed like like uh, especially in the last year, there are a lot more you know celebrities or people influence who who are starting to become interested in combat sport as a recreational pursuit. In fact, like quite a few of the celebrities we invited onto our press conference mm. in January and also on our event January 10. I actually quite, you know, active recreational trainer of mixed martial arts. They come and train, you know, with our uh, one championship athletes or one warrior series athletes, you know, and they they do it quite seriously. Yeah. And you know, when like in in Thailand, if celebrities or entertainers started to take up the sport, they mm-hmm. promote it around their social media things like that. People become more, you know, accustomed to it. People be, start to view the sport as not, you know, as cage fighting that fights to death in some underground nightclub that they, <laughs> they used to believe. That's true. You know, actually becomes like uh, uh, a proper sport yeah. that has recreational pursuit. It changes It changes the image of it. Yeah. Yeah. It is. All right. Sure. So right now, you have your, you, are you still working for your family's company, JSL? As a consult, consultant. Yeah. <laughs> Not like as a full-time. I'm, I'm full-time with one championship. Full-time one championship yeah. and all these other things that you're balancing as well as uh, yeah, you you're gonna get married as yes. well, and you've got so much going on. How do you balance your life? Are you still working out and training yourself? I try to, you know, but frankly, with with my own personal training, it has like gone down a lot in the <laughs> past sure. several months. But, you know, I still try to update my knowledge. Like just last week, you know, I hosted help hosted a seminar on uh, like uh, combatives, like using flashlight and self-defense. Oh, nice. I'm, I'm still training combatives and I just like became like an instructor for combatives uh-huh. as well. Oh, you did something with the UN women as well, right? Yep, I did Watch something with the UN women as well when we, we brought STEM to, oh, to nice. kind of like uh, train, you know, uh, STEM and actually and Rotang as mm-hmm. well to... <laughs> <laughs> always together now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So they went to train uh, some of the staff with UN women. Okay, and, nice. and also like uh, UN women, you know, they were interested in like uh, the, the content piece about STEM because I, I introduced uh, STEM to the UN women that about, you know, how her story of you know, from like a, a Muay Thai girl yeah. who became very successful at global stage. So right. that that kind of like story content really resonates well with what they were doing in terms of like exploring the women icon mm. in different areas and careers and sports. Awesome. So she be, she became featured there because of, through through my work and working with the UN Women Project. That's really good. So so back to your life, like how yeah. how is your life right now? How are you balancing oh, everything? What are you up to and? Yeah, wow, it's it's a chaotic combination of handling, you know, the the work at one championship. So I go to like, you know, meetings with clients, meeting with like promoters, meeting with the government sector, mm-hmm. you know, having in my free time in office, I have to need to have like team meetings and sometimes like creative meetings to come up with projects, sales package proposals, having to call like the channels and the the brand and you know, it's it's a lot of like juggling everything at the same time. From time to time, I have to fly to like Singapore to you know do like the leadership 
meeting and retreat with the the leadership team that yeah. won championship like we just did like last month. So I had to go and share with them, you know, what the what strategy we did really well in Thailand, and you know, kind of like an exchange of. Ideas from the the presidents and the leaders from among different countries right. in one championship. So even just like one championship, it probably takes up like seventy percent of my time and my brain wow. power, and the rest, you know, I try to balance between also like a time with my my family, also preparing for the wedding coming yeah. up, also like building a house <laughs> to to prepare for for post wedding, and you know from try to squeeze in the time to also work with my team F team on yeah. you know coming up with projects where we can raise funds for the federation mm-hmm. as well. You have good plans for this year. Yeah. Yes, but we we are working and originally uh, create like almost kind of like a a martial arts festival nice. of sort that you know not just focus on the fighting, yeah. but also you know bringing in you know the recreational aspect of martial arts. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Opening it to like families and yeah. children and anyone. Yeah, because we 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 notice that when when we only focus on the fighting and the athlete, you know those are important. Yeah. Those are you know need to be done when you know there are athletes who want. Com- competitive arena, but when I noticed when we started, you know, like with ignite and neo fight, mm-hmm. you know, it inspired a lot of people to start doing the same, you right. know, in in like in Bangkok in other regions. So you know, okay, we know now that there are also other people who are starting to provide these platforms yeah. at the local level. So we are now moving to the next step of trying to educate the sport and trying to make martial arts more lifestyle friendly. Mm-hmm. And try to educate about mixed martial arts by you know through these projects and initiatives they were building our proposal to uh, that are working with the brands. Okay, that's yeah. really cool. So hopefully we're going to see a lot from you this year. Actually, probably, <laughs> <laughs> probably. <laughs> so last thing, do you have any tips for fighters trying to make it in the game? Making it in the game, yeah, definitely. You know, if you are a fighter, you got to always remember you know, there's a good reason. We call this a sport entertainment industry. Yeah, you know you need to be able to obviously fight well. You know you gotta train very smart, not just train hard. You know because when I say train smart, that means keep yourself injury free, keep yourself at peak condition. Keep learning. Keep learning. You know don't be don't be like an, uh, a full glass. You know always be you know a glass half full, and you know because especially in this industry. Opportunities are the most important. Yeah. Sometimes opportunities can come, you know, when you don't expect it. Mm-hmm. For example, you know, a championship fight. One contender dropped off because they had injury. They might call you up. That's true. For a chance to essentially fight at a championship level, and you know, if they call you up and you are, oh, I need to, I can't make it because my weight is still over. I'm, I'm not fit enough. Mm. You could lose that opportunity yep. to someone else, you know. Or sometimes people are too focused on you know very short term on making the money mm. without you know looking at the 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 future of you know what the opportunity in an organization could do. So they sometimes they turn down you know opportunity that might not necessarily be you know money making in the beginning. For something that is, you know, like a quick win. That's true. But that can jeopardize them in the long term, you know. I and I've seen, you know, people take that path, and you know, it becomes they might make some money now, but in the long run, they it can, you know, tarnish their reputation with the things that they do. Yes. And in by the time you know they they want to go to the next stage, there is no more opportunity mm-hmm. for them, and also you know. Other than just being good at fighting, you need to be good at communication, sport entertainment. If you are only good at fighting but you suck at communicating and talking, you can be you can still do well in a global fight promotion. Mm-hmm. But you may just be the gatekeeper or the buzzsaw or you know the challenger. Right. But essentially, a sport entertainment organization like in one championship, we we don't want just Don't want just a good fighter, but we want to create, you know, heroes, you right. know, making local heroes into a global superstar through the competition platform of one championship. So we're always looking for people with the heroic qualities, interesting stories, image. good image, you know, because the moment, say, like a champion 
becomes tarnished by scandals, it not only affects your reputation but also the league's reputation as well. Yes. And you're gonna say when like a league is also have a lot on the line in expanding to essentially to be to try to make you know the brand become more family friendly. Yeah. You know, we can't afford. To have a liability with certain athletes who would tarnish their reputation, that could also tarnish the league. And obviously, if an athlete is very good at marketing himself, you know, don't overlook things like what you post on social media. You know, what would you post on Instagram? You know, I've seen like some athletes who has a lot, so much potential. Yeah. But he or she bitches and whine on social media in their personal lives. Yeah. And you know when when brands or promoter are looking what they are doing in social media, it can actually affect a lot Definitely. the decision that whether if they want to support or if they want to you know to sponsor this athlete when he's like you know posting like naughty things about the opposite sex or yeah. bitching about life and things like that. It, it's you know it's so negative sometimes yeah. that they lose opportunity you know in in the in the bigger stage in the bigger picture. So you know you gotta. If you look at yourself as a fighter, as a bloodhound, you will be treated as a fighter and a bloodhound. But if you look at yourself as a brand, as an athlete, as a hero who actually has more than just opportunity, just waiting for the opportunity for a fight, you know. But you can actually explore other avenues to build your fan base, to expand your revenue streams, you know, to actually make yourself become ideal for sponsorship. By other brands, you know, you actually, and also to manage money, your money well, yes. that is also very highly crucial skill. You know, people joke a lot about you know like in Muay Thai industry, like oh, you become champion when you retire, you open like a Mukata restaurant, <laughs> and you go bankrupt. Yeah, you know, and and that's like one of the things that I really hate about people when people look at like fighters, especially like Muay Thai fighters and athletes. They're not very good. At handling they're not their very money. good at handling money. Mm-hmm. So you know, financial literacy. It's very important, and you know, it's one of the things that we are also like starting to do with some of our athletes in one championship. And we actually want to create kind of like almost like a program to actually educate and train people about wow. social media management, how to you know manage your finance, you know, how to uh, also manage things like you know your health insurance, your savings, things like so that. Good. So you actually have like a sustainable career, and also know how to promote yourself yeah. well. You know, so those are the things that people overlook or people, you know, don't put enough importance in it. Definitely, definitely. And like you said, like social media yeah. right now, you're you're in everyone's eyes around the world all yeah. the time. So whatever you post, the way that you portray yourself online, it's going to be seen by everyone. Yeah. So it's important. And sometimes a lot of opportunities comes because of your profile and your fan base. It's not always necessarily the best fighter who may get the opportunity, mm. but it's a combination of people who are very good, good enough, but also very marketable. Yes, has a strong fan base and has very little liability that promoters or world class organization may snatch you up. Yeah, for these competition, you become a brand in yourself, so yes, you have to re- represent exactly. that brand. You got to build yourself as a brand. And not look at yourself as a fighter and the bloodhound chasing money from promoters. Totally. All right. Well, <laughs> thank you very much, Play. That was awesome. Well, thank you very much, too. It's thank great you. to be on your show. Yeah. All right. Thank you, everyone, for following the Jay Marissa podcast. Please like, share, and subscribe.